This is the Roar and Peace podcast. I'm Kate Bierman, mom to a toddler and five rescue animals, two-term city council member and co-owner of three businesses with my business partner, Sarita Wilson. And I am Sarita Wilson. I have two grown kids, which makes me an empty nester. I'm married to a coffee roaster. I'm a wacky doggy daycare lady, industry disruptor, entrepreneur, and city council lady. I have too many animals to name. So, hey, we're four grown-ass women of the apocalypse, and we're here to talk about some pretty fun topics today. I am Sarita Wilson, and I am a local doggy daycare owner, a elected city council person, and uh, easily injured by oat milk, evidently. We'll talk about that later. So, <laughs> I am Kate Bierman, business-owning a co-pilot of Sarita Wilson's and also council member. I am a now graduated to master mask maker. I am a future paint by numbers pandemic purchaser. Um, I have the one in my cart. I'm ready to buy it. And someone who has not left the house except to go to the grocery store twice. So feeling a little socially deprived. I am Jackie Braun. This week, I am heartbroken and uh the mother of a 29 year old who had a who's having a birthday today i've drank all day i haven't eaten or slept in about four days it doesn't show at all <laughs> not at all Thank but we're you. gonna hear about that in a minute <laughs> and i'm suzek relat and this week i guess what i'll emphasize is my my beer brewing i brewed beer this week a golden belgian ale and i'm about to brew a guava hazy ipa uh, and I'm drinking beer right now. And then I'll also emphasize this week that I'm a banana bread maker, like a like a cereal banana bread maker, because for some reason I can't get my bananas eaten when they're, you know, before they go too ripe. So I'm making banana bread just about every other day. There's probably not going to be a surplus of much this pandemic, except for maybe banana bread, because I've heard the stories of people like asking for six bananas and getting six bunches of bananas from their Instacart driver. Oh. <laughs> to... Banana bread and sourdough. Everyone's making sourdough yeah. during the pandemic. Banana bread goes really well with beer. I'm just saying it's, those are, <laughs> they, pair. they pair really well. Well, other than learning about what pairs with banana bread and sourdough, um, what else have we learned during this pandemic? Specifically, what have we learned about whatever entities are co-residing with you like your significant other what have we learned about those people during this pandemic um i have discovered that given the opportunity my husband will take a one hour to five hour nap every single day if he did. <laughs> and he did i have a series a series of photos of so him nice. in different oh. positions and that will be under our resources yeah, on our we'll website. We'll add that link. James Beerman's sleeping habits during the pandemic. I'll I'll go to my my significant other informed me that he has never ever in his life ever started a puzzle or ended a puzzle, which what? is highly indicative of who he is as a human. Honestly, probably will lose the pieces. I'm I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. So he. So we, this, I, this is not new knowledge, but he loses stuff. Uh, a lot of stuff, some of the stuff probably should be attached to him still, but he's lost. And, and I mean, this is a little different, but he did cut off the end of his finger at one point, whenever we've been married, as we've been married, the man will nearly cry at a hangnail or a pulled like nose hair, but cut off the end of his finger and he's fine. Just put some dirt in it. It's fine. And he recently lost a very important item, which I don't want to talk about because it'd be embarrassing for everybody. But nevertheless, it was a $1,500 replacement for that. And then, yes, I do not think, I do not trust that he would come to the table with a full puzzle to begin with. But we worked a puzzle together and he is a 53-year-old man who's never started a puzzle. Had no idea how to start the puzzle. Aww. Wow. Aww. Well, that's really, that's really nice that he's yeah. learned how to. Ellie would have taught him. <laughs> the two-year-old could have taught him. <laughs> he said he worked puzzles with his grandma, you know, so, but she'd already started it. She'd already done the border. And, and then maybe he learned about me that I'm a weird puzzle doer. Cause I'm like, I got a system. I go, 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 go. I get, I'm, I am competitive. <laughs> 
That's, that's competitive You're a competitive puzzle maker. Puzzle maker. I, am, I am like, I'm like, do not work on my side no, for the no, puzzle. Rita, puzzles are supposed to be like calming. Relaxing. Yeah, relaxing. Yeah. And you know what's uh, funny though? Yeah. Like, I don't even like, I don't even really like puzzles all that much, but I'm so highly competitive that I was literally sitting here going, oh, Bring it on, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) I miss doing puzzles. I haven't done one in a long time. I find them great until I get frustrated. I do get frustrated at them eventually. I'm like, I can't find this damn piece. Damn it. You know, like get really upset about it. I constantly surround myself with things that make it impossible for me to do puzzles. Like cats or children. So, because I'm not going to clean it up. I'm like, I'm obviously not going to start and finish a puzzle like in one I just don't have enough time to do it in one night like oh god no. see I would totally be here <laughs> no, never mind never mind I'm not even gonna say that but when well, I do it for leisure I you know I don't I don't have a table that I can dedicate to it that the cats aren't gonna get on and knock pieces off or the toddler so yeah that's that's been the big inhibitor for me recently I don't even think there's a puzzle in this house that isn't designed for a two-year-old I have to stick to electronic puzzles for the same reason. I've <gasps> done a what? puzzle a long time. Like, have you have not seen like, these electronic oh, puzzles? Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, those are those are fun, kind of cool. But that way you don't have to worry about you know everybody. Me. <laughs> I, do, I do words with friends, so I love, and I'm very competitive on there too. Yeah. That surprises me not one bit. So. <laughs> well, my my, uh, what have you learned about a significant other isn't going to really compete well with anyone this week because, um, well, okay, let's put it this way. I started the pandemic with a significant other. Uh, I am now however many weeks into a pandemic quarantine without a significant other. So big surprise, like many people that uh, figure it out, you know, I'm, I'm not married. I wasn't married. Uh, it was a boyfriend. But yeah, I think uh, we, so we, so we split up a couple weeks into the pandemic, but it was not really pandemic related. It would have happened anyway, even if there hadn't been a pandemic. Uh, But I definitely learned a few things about that significant other during that period of time and was actually um, really pleased at how things were going until, you know, they weren't going (laughs) well. And, uh, and, and, and I had to kind of draw a line. So I now uh, learn mostly about my cat and dog and 23-year-old daughter, who is also, like Kate's husband, really, really good at taking naps and sleeping a lot, staying up really late. And my my pets, um, interestingly, have like they've become more pals now. I don't know. It's like they they kind of hang out more. They're closer together. I have a cat and a dog, and and I just find that they're they're snuggling up a little bit more than usual. But you know, they're looking at each other and looking at me like, what are you doing at home? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and enjoying each other's company, I guess they're building a, some sort of animal shield of some sort. But anyway, that's my sob story. I won't go into the details of why uh, my significant other is no longer in my life, but uh, so be it. And uh, the, the, the dilemma then becomes, well, what now? How do you possibly go out into the world? Um, you know, because uh, I don't do digital dating so that'll be a interesting thing for my future but well that's that's an episode in the future we'll we'll return to that we'll troubleshoot Suzette's dating life out of date pandemic where do you actually put the condoms so Jackie how about you what I learned about my significant other during the pandemic I was dating a man for a little over a year and during the pandemic I learned that he is engaged to someone else oh no yeah Yeah. how did you learn this so uh what happened was so we dated for a few months and he was in the beginning he was just the most um, I thought he was the love of my life he was the most amazing man he was so good to me and kind and wonderful and then he started to get a little sketchy and so I broke up with him and we eventually you know sent each other messages I love you and I miss you and all of that crap and um, we got back together and it's kind of been a roller coaster because of the sometimes sketchiness and all of that. But uh, he always kept his Facebook on lockdown. Like he said, 
he was just a very private person and he didn't like all of his information out there. And I respected that. Like I never took any pictures with him. I never like posted about him on Facebook or any of that stuff. And his Facebook was almost always disabled. Every once in a while he would go in there and like turn it on and I guess look around or something. I don't know. But you know, I didn't trust him. So I would go and look at his Facebook, search him to see if he was coming up and he did a few days ago. He showed up. So I clicked on it. All you can see is his cover photo and his whatever, his profile photo. And I noticed that two people liked his cover photo. So I clicked on it to see who liked it. And there was a woman. I clicked on it and there was pictures of the two uh-huh. of them together all over her Facebook, which sh- I was shocked. Like I wasn't looking to catch him in anything really I was just kind of trying to I don't know I was curious because he kept a lot of things from me so yeah her profile pictures them together all of her profile pictures are them together starting in November until now and then I'm scrolling down and it says engaged January 18th which was two days after my birthday he spent my birthday with me and me and all of us, he yes. came to Jackie's it's 50th birthday party. Birthday party. And, oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Uh-huh. He came to my birthday. He, she lives in Arkansas. So he used to Convenient. do. She, yeah, right? Because he's in uh, the military. And he used to do drill in Arkansas. So he would go there once a month. And that's how he met her. Or he met her on Tinder in Arkansas, but while he was there, he met her because he was on Tinder while we were together. He came to my birthday party. The next day he drove to Arkansas, asked her to marry him, came back. And then that week he was with me again. Whoa, Whoa God. That's so, a How long have they been together? So they've been together. Well, not very long. Well, that was my not question, long enough like, to be engaged. Yeah. So I was angry. I was at that time. I was more angry than hurt. So I sent her a Facebook message. And I said, I've been dating your fiance for over a year. And then that was that night at like midnight. And then the next morning I said, just for the record, I'm as surprised to find out about you as you are about me. He didn't tell me. I found out through Facebook. And who knows how long this would have went on if I had not found out. And I'm sorry that this happened to you and to me. So we had a two-hour discussion. I had a two-hour discussion with the fiance. Before I talked to her, though, I confronted him, and all he said was, I'm sorry, I was going to tell you, it all happened so fast, all I can do is apologize. And um, so then I talked to her, and apparently the reason they got engaged is because um, he was, by the way, he would never spend the night at my house. He has a daughter who's in high school, and he said, I have to be, I don't want to be, you know, spending the night away from home, I, I, you know, whatever. He apparently spent weeks at a time with her and weekends and he would go there all of the time and text me while he was there. Um, oh God. And so in early January, he was with her and she went through his phone and she found out that he was texting multiple women. Oh no. And she was going to break it off. And he said, I'm so sorry. I'm just texting them. I'll stop. I won't text them anymore. I love you. You're the only person I want to be with. And then a week later, he proposed. Wow. Just goes to show you, though, you know, how deceptive people will be. it's It's like it's so hard for me to understand. I think it's hard for many of us to understand how you can be so duplicitous and I just, it seems like such a hassle to me. It's like, it is, it would be exhausting. I mean, like, not that, you know, not speaking to the worth of any of the women he was texting or seeing like you, Jackie, but just like what, I mean, that's a lot of effort to have to spend. Well, and, and when we first started dating, I told him that I wanted to like date multiple people. I wasn't like, I didn't want to get into a relationship right away. I just wanted to date multiple people, see who I liked, see who I actually wanted to be with. And he said, no, that's not going to work for me because I only date one woman at a time. So, <laughs> oh, so I only dated him <sighs> because of that. Meanwhile, he was out there dating other women and getting engaged. Apparently, oh my god! So you even asked him at one point if he. Was I asked him. And he a said no. Minimum of five times I have asked him. Are you? Do you? Are you seeing someone else? Are you married? 
do you have a girlfriend is no no i only love you you're the only you're the only person i want to be with but the kicker here Uh oh there's a kicker (laughs) oh my god there's more the kicker is yesterday she told me that they're going to try to work it out oh no no. girlfriend big mistake Well, here's That's the thing. That's not going to work. Well, he, no, it's not going to work. I, I honestly don't think that he ever planned on marrying her. I think he just was, you know, trying to placate her and, and you know, he was going to put it off or whatever. But he only dates older women. He is 10 years younger than I am. And she is, I'm 50, she's 47. He only dates older women. And I think the reason that is is because honestly at my age i'm like this is my last chance like i'm so in love is this ever going to happen to me again so i put up with more than i would have put Mm. up with when i was younger and he's very attractive and fit and you know so date older women they're kind of desperate i guess (laughs) they'll put up with your crap and so that's why he does it and i told her that i mean this has happened not that part but this has happened to me before i was i worked at a bank i was a bank teller like through the window i had the drive-through window and i'd been dating a guy for a couple of months and it was similar to that like didn't want to stay over this was way before social media so there wasn't a lot of ways to check up but i did work at the bank that he banked at he was a used car salesman so That one high on my list of don't ever date that guy again. Oh, this guy uh, used to be a used car salesman. (laughs) Ah, of course he did. Uh, And so handsome. My goodness. I can't remember his name to save my life right now. But he called me and said, are you, do you want at work? Called me at work. Said, you want to go out? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, I was like, yeah, let's go. And I think it was my birthday or something like that. He's going to take me out something special. I don't remember what it was, but it was some sort of event. And, um, I had a lady come through my line with his paycheck and about, I don't know, hundred kids in the back of her station wagon. And, uh, I was like, uh, I'm going to need some ID or something. She's like, well, I'm a signer on the account too. I'm his wife. Oh, oh no. I was like, I mean, it was just flooring and there was little kids in the back seat, and, you know, she's there cashing a very not great big paycheck and i i just remember thinking oh god you know i can escape this but you are tethered to him <laughs> you know yeah so i mean it I, it happens has it happened to you other ladies uh yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 that's happened so, I I, yeah I don't, I don't know how much like how much time do we have really you know to be able to discuss how how many times that's happened but yeah yeah it's happened so it's one of those things and so Jackie obviously it sucks and and you know I feel for you and we can talk about this and laugh and go oh my gosh but you know we know it also hurts yeah, and it hurts. It, it's a it's a terrible thing to have to go through and and you know hopefully somebody listening to this would be like I can't behave that way I don't know it's just like I don't think got, anybody's you, gonna think that I but I, I mean, think what's got, gonna happen hope, though is people will listen and they'll be like, oh, this happens to everyone. It's, I'm not, yeah, it's not just true. me. Right. Well, and like you said a moment ago, like you're older and you think this is your last chance at love, but it happened to me in my twenties and I felt exactly the same way. Like I was in my early twenties and I thought, gosh, am I never going to find a good guy, you know? And, and I do think at 50, I put up with less shit now than I used to, but I still, there's that, you know, that moment of, well, He's just doing this one thing. He hasn't crossed that line yet. Right. You know, I think that kind of goes along in all relationships, men and women. I think it kind of goes back and forth. But unfortunately, in the time of coronavirus yeah. and our situation, it seems like it's a little more daunting because how do you date during this time? How do you transition away from that? Well, right. not only that, it just it also just raises all kinds of issues of what you know, we're living in such strange and uncertain times and, you know, what kind of honest conversations are happening or what kind of, I mean, how are people able to manage like what this person did to, to Jackie being able to go from one person to another during, you know, a pandemic. So it's enlightening as to like how we deal with these things. Times are not normal. And yet this kind of thing, sadly, 
is more normal than it should be. And yet are the times in which we're living are not normal. And so how are people going to manage all of these difficult, emotional partnering well, type of and situations? I, and I, I wonder out there, I'm glad that Jackie, I'm glad that, you know, it, it wasn't a situation in which like you live together or, right. you know, something like that, because, you know, that's another, that's another thing that's been really on the, the increase during this pandemic is, you know, domestic violence or, you know, divorces that were kind of ready to be filed and then couldn't. And, you know, where are you going to go? Like you can't leave and mm -hmm. you can't get tested to know if you're an asymptomatic carrier, you know, if you want to move back in with your parents, but you know, can you, because you don't know if it's safe. And, you right. know, so there are a lot of ways that this pandemic makes things so much worse. And I'm just, yeah. I'm glad you were in a position to be able to separate yourself so completely, you know, cause there are a, a lot of situations where, where that isn't able to happen. So I'm just really thankful that you weren't thrown into an even more difficult situation right. because of the yeah. pandemic that you weren't able to you know, get yourself out of. I wonder too, how many, uh, because the machine of this world has kind of stopped, how many people were caught in their lies mm -hmm. because of the stoppage of right. all this stuff? This makes you just yeah. curious. Like I've heard of a lot of breakups, a lot of breakups. And I don't think they were just because we're all stuck together and we're irritating the crap out of each other. You know, I think that there's some of that going on that, that this is a, you know, strange times. So, to take it kind so, of away from the pandemic conversation, I talked to Suzette about this a little bit, and I talked to Lily about my daughter Lily about this a lot about how strong women won't put up with crap from any single person in their lives, but they will from a significant other. From the person yeah. who's naked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, there's no way. Like the things that he was doing the sketchiness and just the disrespect and all of that stuff. I would not have put up with that yeah. from any single person in my life, not my family, not friends, no one. And, but I put up with it from him and women do that. Strong women do that. And I, I wonder if the reason why is because women have to be in control of every single thing in their life. And they just have this one space where they, don't want to have to be in control. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. We had a long conversation about this because I obviously have, you know, similar experiences in terms of just, you know, struggling with um, significant others and, you know, put, putting up with things from significant others that you wouldn't put up with, you know, um, from anyone else in your life. And so it is really interesting to see, and, and Jackie and I kind of had, had this um, talk about how, you know, we keep trying, we want to find love, we want to love, we, we feel we deserve to be loved, and to love other people. And, and to be in a relationship to be in a committed relationship to have a partner and a companion. And, and so we keep trying, and we, so we meet people, and we keep wanting to to work it out. Like it's, we want to work it out, you know, because, yeah. uh, because we just want and need that companionship. And yet we find ourselves often in situations where, you know, you put up with stuff that you wouldn't normally put up with from anyone else in your life because of, and I like air quoting, you know, love, but it's true. You know, we, we do do it. And it is something that you then step back from and kind of analyze and go, why do I do this? Jackie and I also had a conversation about, and I'm just going to out us and Jackie cut this out if you want to, but this conversation about what is it about us that we keep doing this or we keep meeting people that, that do these sorts of things to us. And I, I was just like, it took me years and years and years of therapy to realize it's not us. You know, <laughs> we're giving, we're trying, we're forgiving, we're, we're including, we're so often bending over backwards and trying to please other people. That's how, you know, we're raised in many ways. And so, you know, it's not us and, it, it, but you know, whatever is us, it's not to the extent to where, you know, it deserves that kind of deceptiveness or, or treatment mm -hmm. or meanness or, you know, anything that's just inhumane, really. We just keep believing that men, people we meet, whether it's men or women, you know, your partner, your person, will be, you know, a good person and, and we keep trying to make that happen. So it's, it's, well, it's tough. to that point, Suzette, I have, um, several friends that are lesbians and it's not just men. Yeah. 
you know, it's not just a man-woman relationship. It right. happens oh, in the it's human. It's, humans. it's yeah. humans. And yeah. I know it happens the other way too. Women, you know, screw around on men, but it, yeah. it just seems like there's a bigger deceptiveness. I probably shouldn't say this, but amongst men doing, having multiple families or multiple well, you girlfriends. Know, yeah, one of my, one of my, one of my psychology professors in college, and I won't be able to say it as eloquently as she did, but we were kind of talking about this kind of power dynamic that can especially come up in relationships with strong women and she said something that just really really struck me and it kind of goes to your point Suzette that it's not you which is that powerful women will bring out the worst qualities in some men this is true that causes a dynamic that doesn't happen in relationships with more submissive women right it brings out insecurities and masculinity issues and and, and, and even the same yeah. kind of competitive competitive cut downness dynamic that they even have with other men yeah it's all wrapped in together and then that just brings out more toxic qualities when they're in relationships with strong women that maybe they wouldn't have which is why you know they could go and find an immediate another another relationship that it's not just an inherent flaw within that man that it just that dynamic because of societal conditions on both ends right just brings out some really really bad qualities in men when they're in relationships with strong women that they don't have that went necessarily when they're in relationships with more submissive women well and there's this weird i've experienced the um men being attracted to me because i'm strong because i'm confident and be- and then also being mad at me for being strong yes, and confident exactly. And, exactly. and I'm like well what the fuck I can't I can only yeah. This, yeah. did you not meet it's me when you married me because here I am well yeah. Suzette and I have decided that at our age all the good men are married and they were grabbed up early and now we just have to wait for all those wives to die <laughs> we're, we're, looking, we're looking for future widowers it's a terrible thing we don't want to laugh about that but no, my mother's no. a great example she spent many many years alone uh single you know and dated here and there but she she's now married to a wonderful man who was married to his wife for 45 years and is she passed away and you know they're in their 70s now and so you know they met and 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 um so so it's kind of like I, I have some hope, but, but you know, fuck, that's 20 years away. From okay, me. look, you know, I, you know, it reminds I me do of not want to be on Tinder when I'm 65. No, you don't, you're not going to need to be. It was, I, I want to say it was some crazy romantic comedy movie. I want to say it was something like You've Got Mail or something like that, where they were talking about, it just is a matter of timing. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just whenever yeah. the man, it's like um, the men are like taxi cabs. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes their light place. is going to be on and sometimes their light is going to be off. And depending yeah. on where you are at any given moment, you might come across, you know, a really, really clean, well-maintained cab <laughs> with the light on and not off. And, you know. You're in, if you're uh, on that intersection at the yeah. right at the right corner, I like that. I like this analogy. Do you guys watch Frankie and Grace? Grace yes. And yes. So I mean, there's other options too. <laughs> well, now I'm curious. I'm gonna have to go watch it. Oh, you need to watch it. Do you know no, what that show watch. is? There's they own Lily a vibrator and Jane Fonda. There's some excellent alternative products out there for you. Yeah, they own a vibrator oh, well, yeah, company. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, of course. For women <laughs> with arthritis. They may, they for women with arthritis. For women with arthritis. And they, they have their, their new product is a rise up toilet. A rise up. <laughs> but the other thing that comes to my mind is I know it's the movie Where the Heart Is, uh, which is a really bad movie oh my god i love that movie so much (laughs) but everybody needs a mr scrock is all i'm saying oh yeah (laughs) okay another one that goes on the list i'm you have not seen that movie either either. oh my god no i no, they're just two older people and they they do it like bunnies on the table (laughs) all right whenever um we get bad weather and one of us has to leave lily or i say don't go sister husband <laughs> so, so where the heart is fans out there will understand but um let's transition to my other question that i prepared which is how privileged has your existence been like 
as you've been holed up in your domicile, like what, what kinds of things have you been able to do? I feel super privileged. First of all, I know for a fact that I'm privileged. I recognize it. And I know that there are people who are struggling during this time, not being able to pay their bills, losing their jobs. You know, I applied for unemployment for the self-employed people and it still hasn't gone through. Um, oh, I'll tag you for an update on that. They okay. sent out an update today. I saw the update, but the link isn't oh, okay. working. So, oh, God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> never mind then. Same. Same, same. Um, so I, you know, I haven't received my unemployment yet, um, but I'm fine. I'm fine. And I've got a son who also applied for unemployment and is having trouble because there was a period in time there where he was considered self-employed. And so he, they won't give him unemployment either. So he's waiting, but I can pay his rent. I'm, uh, you know, able to pay his rent and keep him afloat. I have a daughter who lives with me who, you know, she doesn't have to pay rent. Um, and she, so she can buy a stripper pole with her stimulus money. <laughs> And so item number one, our privilege yes. with the stimulus money. That's the most privileged thing I've heard yet. Right. Yep. Um, so yes, very privileged. And I, you know, I am enjoying this time. And I know that there are a lot of people who are suffering during this time. And I recognize that, that, um, yeah. you know, I'm very privileged. Yeah, I agree. Suzette, you want to go next? Yeah. I mean, same, you know, I look, I have, at least as of right now, you know, a full-time job that I can do at home as a professor teaching online. I have no idea, you know, what yep. the future holds for universities and colleges and, uh, and especially for me at my university for um, reasons we won't discuss today. But, but yeah, I mean, extremely, extremely privileged. And so just really trying to do what I can to give whatever I can to those in need right now, whether it's time, whether it's, you know, I just need to talk, whether it's money, whether it's food, what, whatever it is, I'm spending, you know, a lot of time doing those things and a lot of money doing those things. And I've just, I've put it out there on social media, for example, you know, if you're an OU student that needs money, send me your Venmo. And I've been trying to help students where I can, people in the service industry where I can, I've been making food for the Homeless Alliance um, just about every other day. I was, I'm, I'm blown away when I go to deliver food at the Homeless Alliance, what I'm having to see there. It's, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a huge and stark uh, difference between my life and their lives. And the social fabric in which, you know, we are all living is so tattered and so, it's so ugly right now. It's just so ugly. And I, I really hope I'm, I'm going to hold out still a little bit of hope that this will change things. I don't, I, I'm not very confident, <laughs> but I'm, I'm just hoping it will change things because I, I know that those of us who are extremely privileged um, are trying to, you know, fill the gaps of the social safety net that isn't there. Um, you know, it's, we're having to rely on our small communities and each other. And that's great. But I mean, really, we should have we're a big fucking country with a lot of people and a lot of resources. There's no reason why we should be seeing some of the horrible things we're seeing and watching, you know, the, the homelessness, the, the hunger, the people that are struggling like they are. And so, yeah, I, I mean, beyond privileged, just absolutely beyond privileged. So, and I've, I believe that people are still not getting it. They're still not getting it. So I, I'm, I, I had hope midway through this that, or what I thought was midway through this, that we would have a um, change in a, kind of a paradigm shift in our nationalism or whatever it is that people are out there trying to push, but it's gotten more divided and, and harsher and hateful and because people are scared now. So they're, they've got a whole other level of that. So Kate yeah. Behrman, what do you got? So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I am beyond privileged to be able to just be sitting on my bed with lights and power and Wi-Fi that I know won't go off. My unemployment went through kind of without a hitch, and I'm two weeks into that. My daycare is open, so my daughter is there. My, I just did the quick calculation. Uh, my, my mortgage and daycare only come out to a total of 50% of my weekly, when I break it down by week, my weekly unemployment check. And my husband is still employed at the same university as Suzette and is working from home and getting his full pay. So, 
I mean, I, and I, I'm privileged to have parents who, you know, send me a credit card on their account and tell me to buy food every week to support my local community and buy a growler of beer every week to support people locally. You know, I can buy material for masks whenever I need to, to be able to hand out. And I just, oh my God, yesterday, it's so hard. I feel like the days are flying by, but at the same time moving so slow. Um, just yesterday went out with our continuum of care partners for our local our local homeless alliance uh, to connect with some newly homeless people who are living in my ward and there are two camps and this is this is emblematic of even though we have a moratorium on evictions three weeks ago these people were locked out of their apartment by their landlord and their things tossed into the parking lot and it was yeah. because they were late on their March rent and they knew that and their landlord gave them two weeks to get caught up on rent. And then the very next day, my guess is either the day of or the day after the moratorium on evictions went into effect and the court stopped taking filings. When the landlord realized that they had no legal recourse for the foreseeable future, they went and they changed the locks and they threw these people out on the street in the middle of a pandemic. You know, this is this is the thing that is, I think, pissing me off the most during this pandemic is the housing issue mm -hmm. and the plight of the unhoused. I've been tracking housing evictions, um, uh, people uh, that are renting in apartments that are throwing people out and filing evictions. Actually, the courts are still receiving filings. They're just not hearing them, right. supposedly. Supposedly. But I'll tell you what, this last week, I called three of the worst offending property managers in the state of Oklahoma, one's in Tulsa, one's in Broken Arrow, and one's in Oklahoma City. And I called all three of them to ask, why are you filing evictions? They'd, they'd filed well into the double digits evictions since the middle of March. And, and of course, the you know two of them just hemmed and hawed and would hardly speak to me at all. But one of them spoke to me for quite some time and said, you know, I mean, these are people that they're not not paying because of of uh, the pandemic, they are 90 days behind on their rent or they've been engaged in some sort of criminal activity. And those are two reasons why people should be evicted. You know, we can't have in have the middle criminal of a activity. pandemic. But I, that's exactly what I said. I said, but it's the middle of a pandemic. You're literally putting people out on the street at a time when we're supposed to be sheltering at home. And I have to admit, I mean, the, the person that I spoke to she, she understood the issue, but she was also like, I, you know, we're not, we're not included in the CARES Act. We're privately owned. We, you know, it's only loans that are backed by the federal government. If you own property that's backed by the federal government, or if you're a low income housing area that's backed by the federal government, they're the only ones that don't, so I, are, aren't allowed can, to evict. Will. Exactly. Because we can, we will. And, but she did say this, she said, if tenants are communicating with us, if they will communicate, if they will come in and talk to us about what's going on and explain to us what's going on, then we're working with them. So I think that's the lesson out of all of this is that if you're living in an apartment or, you know, in a rental property where you are unable to pay your rent or you're struggling to pay your rent, communicate with your landlord, you know, talk I, about I, what's I going will say, on. While I understand that at the same time, like these are people who tend to be the most marginalized who haven't well, gotten sure. grace or leniency very much at all in their lives. Absolutely. And so I wonder exactly what message this landlord is sending out to their tenants to convey that to them. Uh, yeah. Right? I but have to say, I have been in that position. I have like, I was a single mother. I was on welfare. I was, you know, getting rental assistance. I couldn't pay my bills, all kinds of things. And there is no way if I couldn't pay my rent, I would go talk to my landlord and explain what my situation is because it's well, just yeah. not, you just don't it's, do that because their people are usually not receptive to that. Yeah. It's scary. And, and it's, it's scary very vulnerable. And it's uncertain. Exactly. Yeah. And they're vulnerable. So here's the other thing that, that happened in that response is I've been contacted. I spoke with my city council person actually here in Oklahoma city, since I'm in Oklahoma city, you all are in Norman, but I spoke with my city council person and I identified the state senators and state representatives for each of those three properties. And then uh, the city council person said that they would take these issues to the state legislature and to those three, you know, three representatives and three senators in particular and say, hey, you have properties in your district that are evicting people right now that are filing and that are evicting people. Because I think that it's the state level that's really going to be able to do anything about this. Sadly, as Kate and Sarita, as you know, 
and I think you've mentioned it before, there's very little that municipal authorities can do. And at the state level. Yeah, right? I wonder, what, one thing that I, I do wonder about is whether or not there's any wiggle room to provide some kind of penalty against property management companies that illegally evict people. Yeah, because I that's mean, the thing that I, I just, I mean, like there's actually, it actually gives me a little bit of hope for the proper, for the properties that actually go through the legal process. Because that does tell me that they're at least trying to do things the legal way and, you know, just tossing people out. Yeah, because that, I mean, mm -hmm. what do we do about that? Right. Because that, to me, that is the even worse offense. Like when you can track the companies that are, that are filing evictions, I mean, you, they're leaving you a paper trail, but it's the companies that are, that don't care about, about due process, even a little bit that are, you know, changing the locks and just throwing people out because right. they, they feel like those people are not going to push back. Well, and I think the ones that are being evicted, I mean, you all mentioned it earlier, the ones that um, are being, that are filing for evictions, that that's actually the smaller number, right? Mm -hmm. The ones that are being intimidated and actually tossed out, whether forcefully or just being intimidated to leave uh, without, you know, any eviction being filed. Exactly. Legal action. But those are probably the larger number, number of cases and the, and the most egregious. So anyway, we've got a long way to go to deal with this problem. And it's only we going do. to be exacerbated as time goes by, as the unemployment numbers continue to, to rise, as, as we continue to struggle with this. And we haven't even talked about it today. And we'll save it for next week because I think it'll be more relevant maybe. But we're about to reopen. Yeah. You know, the state of Oklahoma is supposedly about to reopen, right? We've yep. got tomorrow. Right. Yeah, so tomorrow. I will say, though, to Sarita's point, especially about Norman, I was very heartened by the responses to the, the reboot Norman survey, the reopening survey. We got almost 12,000 responses, which is almost as many people who voted in the last mayoral election and the last stormwater election, which tells you a lot. And of those 12,000 respondents, 55% wanted to extend the stay-at-home order past April 30th. Well, nationwide, apparently, the latest poll that I saw was that 60% of people... I know. But 55%, even in a blue in a blue city, in a red state, I mean, we're not entirely homogenous here in Norman, and, and a lot of people are being so negatively affected by this because of the lack of a federal and state response in terms of, you know, municipal and personal financial support and business support. So despite that, still, 55% of Norman residents want to extend the order beyond April 30th, and that does give me a lot of hope about yeah, the possibility of some long-term policy we, changes too. Because we, you know, many of us believe in the science, you know, yeah, we believe yeah. in the science of what's happening here and sure. are not falling prey to the politics of it. I mean, that's just plain yeah. and simple. Well, I, I super love that all three of the major big cities in Oklahoma uh, kind of said, hell no, we're, we're sticking with the science and they are, it's a bipartisan group. I mean, we have two Republican and two or one Democrat and they're kind of lockstep, it seems, on that. And I, I, I like that. And I think that's promising. That's kind of my little glimmer of hope. It's because it needs yeah. to be two-way communication. And that's the problem, is that Governor Stitt didn't have a conversation with <laughs> municipalities. He didn't have a conversation even with the Oklahoma Municipal League, which represents municipalities. Well, as city council people, we sat Tuesday night on a call, which... And basically listen to a doctor say, a scientist say, here's what you need to do. And I felt like I walked away from that feeling pretty good. I think, okay, I know what we need to do. And then the very next fucking day, our governor sidesteps all of that. Which tells me he's not listening to the science. And says, let's open on Friday. And we're like, I, I'm like, what? Somebody like texted me like, when are y'all open doggy daycare? And I'm like, oh God, not till, you know. And I was like, what? And I had to get on the Facebooks and see what was going on. And I was like, what? This freaking governor, God. Okay, well, I've got to say what my privilege okay. thing was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have uh, two injuries that have happened. One, because I bought a rowing machine and smashed my toe. And the other one was because I lifted a very heavy oat milk this morning <laughs> while I was making my latte. As so, if oat milk doesn't say it all. I injured myself on the oat milk making a latte as I was about to go play my ukulele and then do some <laughs> yoga. Yeah. So um, on that note, I'm very lucky to have you guys in my life 
and have the resources that are still out there for me and be able to, we're able to make our, our mortgage and I did defer my student loan though. So fuck y'all student loan people. That's but anyway, until you die no anyway. <laughs> Good for you. Well, so as we finish our podcast, we usually end on a joyful note. So as far as like what, what's bringing us joy. And I think I mentioned last week, the ukulele, and I'm going to repeat that again. I'm having a lot of fun playing the ukulele. Uh, as Sarita goes and gets her ukulele right now. I've ordered another one even. So talk about privilege. I have two ukuleles now. But anyway. Um, so we're going to measure our privilege in terms of number of ukuleles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I, you know, there's been the off and on decent weather this past few days. I mean, it's been kind of shit and then good. And then on the good days, it just, that's been bringing joy to be able to get outside, breathe some fresh air, walk the dog. Um, just the simple, simplest, simple thing, you know, is just getting outside. I was feeling a lot, a lot of like stuffiness inside the house when we were back to winter and rain and cold for a while. I haven't had a whole lot of joy this week. I've, um, since my heart got ripped out of my chest and eaten raw. Um, but I do have, (laughs) I did have a couple of things. First, the day after this happened, I got a new ukulele in the mail. (laughs) (laughs) new ukulele it's an electric acoustic ukulele so that brought me joy and it's beautiful and then also my son came over and he played the guitar um and that made me super happy kate bearman what do you have all right um i have two things that are bringing me joy one is just straight up pure joy i have a uh, paint by numbers adult painting set that is going to bring me a lot of joy it is a it is a tree of the four seasons so like each quadrant is the same tree in a different season. I'm very excited about it because I am not creative or artistic unless I have instructions. So like I am a master IKEA furniture putter togetherer, and I have a feeling I will be a master paint by numberer. Uh, but that's about the extent of my creativity. And the second thing, it's a little bittersweet. Um, I'm rewatching The West Wing for probably the fifth oh. or sixth time in my life. Oh. Um, it is one of my favorite shows of all time. And I've been blowing through shows like crazy while I've been making masks. So I went through all nine seasons of The Office. And instead of moving straight on to Parks and Rec, I decided to go back to The West Wing, which I don't think I've watched since like 2011 or 2012. And I've kind of been avoiding it because mm-hmm. it's so... I mean, while the president obviously is kind of a liberal wet dream of a president, um, you know, it, it's very, it is still very true to what used to be typical uh, White House operations and how things happen behind the scenes. I mean, it is it is some episodes are literally used in political science classes as kind of a, a dramatic description of what happens behind the scenes with different policy decision making. Aaron Sorkin is probably one of the best TV writers in TV history. I will forever and always watch every single thing that he ever makes. But it's a little bittersweet because being reminded of twice daily press conferences and press briefings with a an actual White House press secretary and a president who takes things seriously and has a hunger for knowledge and empathy and a deep understanding of what it means to be in that role is, as you can imagine, a little bittersweet. But at the same time, it also gives me a lot of hope that if even if my preferred candidate is not going to make it into the White House this year, that anyone who has any sense of gravitas for the office that they are going to be occupying is going to, I think, snap a lot of people out of what has been a four year nightmare. And I mean, and I don't think I don't think whoever occupies the White House next needs to be perfect or embody every single thing that we need a president to embody or pursue all the things that we want a president to pursue. But someone who understands the importance of that office and the history of that office and can do a lot to bring back the professionalism of that office, I think, is going to be very healing for this country. And that actually gives me a lot of hope and a lot of optimism and has brought me a lot of joy over the last five or six days as I move into season three. So for me, it's just been the ukulele. I spent eight hours. <laughs> yep. Kate? Just the ukulele. Kate, me do you, ukulele. I'm sorry. I feel bad for Kate. Yeah, I know. You need a ukulele. playing the ukulele. No, I am not musical. I played the piano from age five <laughs> to age eight, but no, I'm not I really either, though. No, I'm not either. I, 
I don't know. I mean, unless it's Guitar Hero. If y'all want to come over and play some <laughs> rock band on my Xbox 360, I am down for that. But well, I love that Suzette told me about the Kesha song. Yes. Jasper told me about the Kesha song a year or so ago when I was going through it. She's like, oh, the Kesha song. We got to play it. So I, I'm like addicted to the. And I'm not even going through a breakup. I'm just having to field shit on Facebook because I'm a city council person. That's a lot. I, you know, fellow city council members chiming in. That's a lot. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's bullshit, honestly. But um, also during, and I I know this is a podcast, but but I I I drew. This is like me supposed to be. Oh, look at that! It's supposed to be you. I had no idea who that was. Nice job, Sarita. Yeah. It's well also, done. I just didn't know who it was. It's me. Um, and then I've learned the song, Don't Let the Bastards Get You Down. So yeah. that's been fun. And I appreciate it. I appreciate these conversations like crazy because, Absolutely. yeah, this has been fun. This has been a great time, y'all. We are not going to let those bastards get us down. We're not going to let the bastards oh, get us no. down. None of them. None of them. Nope. All right. Thanks for letting yeah. me talk this time, guys. <laughs> You're welcome. You cash in a lot of minutes. Don't expect it every Jackie. time, though, Jackie. <laughs> right. Come right. on. Continue to find us. We're going to continue, I think, having this podcast conversation because, I mean, it's an opportunity to day drink for us and really, really have a good time and really kind of dig into some social issues. And I really appreciate the perspective of these other ladies. And so continue to find Kate and I on roarandpeaceproject.com. And yes. find us on our name is amplified.com. Bye. Right. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone.